Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith and I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Important for us to really move forward into what God would have for us. And last week we actually had our vision Sunday. Um, and we're just so excited about what God's about to do. But on our, our, our Vision Sunday, some of the main points that we had were, were number one, sow a thought, reap an action. Number two, sow an action, reap a habit. Number three, sow a habit, reap a character. And, and finally, sow a character and reap a destiny. And so God has got a destiny for each and every one of us. And so... Um, but it all starts somewhere, and I think so often in life, I don't know about you, but, but so often in life, we find it so easy to think about goals. We find it so easy to think about the end. We find it so easy to focus on, on, on the final product or destination, but, but it's, the, it's the journey on getting in and getting there is where we struggle. And so, let's just pray. God, I just thank you. Uh, for everyone uh, hearing this message this morning, and I just pray, Father, you bless them, and you uplift them, you speak to their hearts, in Jesus' name, amen. Habits, everyone say habits. Thank you, Dylan. So, you know, before I start, I just want to let you know that actually a lot of the material that I've uh, got from this series came from a church, Life Church, in uh, Oklahoma, uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle done a great series on habits, and I just really appreciate some of the things he said. So if there's some statements here that you, you recognize, they probably came uh, from his series, and I just want to honor him before we go any further uh, and just thank him for that. But one of the statements that he made was this statement, which I love. It says, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. It's so easy to have a good idea or, or, or to go to the gym. It's so easy to do something um, for a short period of time just because there's excitement or there's hype, but, but eventually that wears off and, and you end up not reaching your goal. You end up not reaching that position that you, you hoped that you would get to or or you don't end up in the destination you hoped you were traveling to and 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 so we get so discouraged but you know you know I, I believe God has called us all to be successful with life successful in our families successful in our jobs successful um when we're at church and and we're doing ministry successful how do you know that Phil or is there any examples that we see in the Bible well I personally think that um that Jesus was a very successful person that, that he was very successful in the mission that God had given to him, that he fulfilled his purpose, he fulfilled his destiny. He, he arrived at the destination which God had intended him to arrive at. When he was on the earth, he made great impact to the point where um, he made so much impact that today billions of people still follow and worship his name, um, the name above every name. And so I, I believe Jesus was a successful person, uh, a person who God had sent, uh, the same way the Apostle Paul came from a lot of uh, dysfunction, came from a lot of brokenness, came from uh, really a, a place of blindness, didn't really understand who God was. Uh, 
but, but he ended up being a very successful person. He ended up um, writing two-thirds of the New Testament. And so these guys are successful, but what, what are they doing that's making them successful? They're doing something repeatedly. They're doing something consistently that other people are not. You know, one thing, one statement Jesus never said is, I, I don't have any time to spend with God. Jesus never said, I never have enough time. I'm too busy uh, uh, with the kids. I'm too busy with my friends. I'm too busy um, with work. He, Jesus never said those things. He, he, had a, he had learned how to have a consistent way of life. Actually, the, 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 in the scripture, it talks about how Jesus, um, what, people who followed Jesus were not necessarily called Christians. They were actually called followers of the way. Followers of the way. It wasn't this Christian thing. It was followers of the way. Uh, and so a, a way is really just a path. It's a, it's a path that you stay on. It's, the Bible says it's a narrow path. And so if we can just be consistent on that narrow path, then God can intervene and do some things that we cannot. And so it actually says in Luke 21, um, it says, every day Jesus went to the temple to teach. And each evening, evening he returned to spend the night on the Mount of Olives. So each day, each day, each day, Jesus went to the temple to teach. And each evening he returned to spend the night on the Mount of Olives. Each evening, each evening, time after time, step after step, day after day. What, what if uh, you went to the gym day after day? What if you got up and read your Bible day after day? What if you went to the Mount of Olives? Or maybe for you, what if you ate healthy night after night? What would begin to change in your life? Actually, there would be physical changes within your life. There would be practical changes within your life. You would begin to feel different. And so there's something about habits. God has designed us to be habitual beings. What if some people in here would actually start going to church on a weekly basis? What would happen to your life? Maybe you might find yourself wanting to be at church. You might find yourself connecting to God's heart more because you're, you're not giving up connecting to, to, to like-minded believers. Our habits will either make us or break us because you become what you repeatedly do. Your habits or our habits will make or break us you become what you repeatedly do. That was by Sean Covey. And it's actually interesting because it's, statistics show that 92% of people give up on their New Year's resolutions by the time it gets to Valentine's Day. 92% of people, that's basically most people have given up on their New Year's, New Year's resolutions by the time Valentine's comes. You know, you maybe or in that position today in some areas of your life, you've maybe tried to fix some things or, or, or you keep trying every year to, to have the same motives or same destination that you want to get to, but you keep falling short. And so here we have in Romans 7, the Apostle Paul says, uh, for, for I know that good itself does not dwell within me. That is my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, so I, I want to do what is good. I want to get fit and healthy. I want to, 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 to mend my relationship. I want... Uh, to break through in, in this area of my life. I want to get better at, the, at this uh, talent, but, but, but I keep giving up. I, I, I stop going to practice. I, I don't have the, the willpower to press through. And so he goes on to say, for I do not do the good I want to do, 
but the evil I don't want to do. Come on, I'm sure there's some people in here are feeling exactly that way. I wish I could do these things, but I just keep feeling that I feel like I'm a failure. Now, now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin living in me. And now, now here's where Paul makes a big mistake. He go, goes on to say, what a miserable man I am, or, or what a wretched man I am. He connects his failure to his identity. How often do we do, it, do that? Because we have failed, we think that's who we are, but, but actually if you look at any of the sports or, or, or anyone in a job, you can guarantee that anyone has done well or been successful in life. You can be sure that they've done one thing, they failed. But, but the people who, who don't succeed are usually the people who take it to heart when they fail. They, they, they take it personally. They let their emotions of shame and guilt and, and not feeling good enough take them down, and so they never get back up. When, when Jesus' invitation is always to get back up. And so I love what it says here straight after that. It says, who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through death through who? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. There's something, the rescue, uh, the rescue effort, the, the rescue success comes through, through one name. It's Jesus Christ, my Lord. The identity issue can be solved by Jesus Christ, my Lord. You see, this message is called Identity Shapes Action. So often we try to, to shape our action from the outside. You come to church and you've got to dress the right way, you've got to speak the right way. You, you feel like you've got to look right and, and, and before you do anything else or before you're even allowed to come. But actually Jesus' way is the opposite. Jesus is happy to, to deal with your mess. He's happy to deal with our, 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 our failure. He's happy, he wants, but he wants to deal with our identity first. He wants to go from the inside out. But our answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, Jesus gives us an opportunity to put on a new self. The Bible says we become a new creation when we, when we surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. And so when that happens is uh, we put on a new self, a new identity. We're no longer that failure that we've been naming ourselves. We're no longer that addict that we've been calling ourselves. We're, we're no longer that, that, that uh, person who's not good at, at reading uh, we're, we're no longer that person who has to be uh, unhealthy or overweight. We're no longer that person who struggles with, with friendships or relationships. We can take on a new identity of love and acceptance. You know, one of the, the biggest things that holds us back in life is, is that we think that, that if we just have the right goal, we'll succeed. We think if we just have the right uh, idea or, or the right vision will succeed, and vision is important. The Bible says, "With vision we perish." But to fulfill a vision, it takes consistency. To fulfill a vision, there's a day-to-day -day effort that needs. There's a day-to-day -day rhythm that needs to to be fulfilled. It doesn't just happen. We can't focus just on a destination or we miss out on the journey because we're always waiting for tomorrow to come instead of appreciating what God's doing today. And you, you think about it, uh, goals. Have you ever seen any teams at the start of a season, whatever sport, Gaelic, 
rugby, football, whatever it may be. I, I don't think any team goes into a game with the goal of not winning. I don't think any team goes to the start of a season without the goal of winning. I don't, I don't think anyone goes into a, a, a competition no matter what, what, what it may be, is I don't think anyone goes with the goal of losing. I think everyone goes with the goal of winning. But the problem is, not everyone wins. The problem is, not everyone succeeds. The problem is, it doesn't always work out. And, and we're trying to work out what is the difference between the two. Can I get an amen? You know, I when we were starting the church, um, one thing I realized was we needed to raise some money for this building. We had to raise some money so that we could actually um, get into the building and do it up and, and, and paint it and get all the basics done. It was going to take at least 20 grand. So I, I proposed that some people might support that. And I was very pleasantly surprised at how people were so generous, and, but I noticed a real pattern with the people who were the most generous. I noticed the pattern was that the people who were the most generous were the people who had a more systematic approach to their finances. They were more, maybe more uh, rigid, but, but the difference with that was, was that they had leftovers. They, they, they weren't living week to week, day to day, or month to month. They, they weren't just spending all of their money. They actually had order in their finances. And because they had a, a healthy system, it allowed them to actually be generous. Because I realized that a lot of people probably wanted to give. Their intentions and their goals were to give, but they just didn't have the money in their hands. And I think that same principle applies to our lives. We look at, well, what, what, what is God into order? See, what, what, this is what I would say. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Well, that doesn't sound spiritual at all. <laughs> what is this? It doesn't sound like the good news of the gospel. Let me say it again. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Well, did Jesus have systems? Yes. Did, does, is God into systems? Absolutely. If, if you look at, at the Bible through, through that, that thought of systems, look, there's night and there's day. 365 times a year. For thousands of years, there's been night and there's been day. There's a system. There's been 24 hours in a day consistently throughout the whole year. And the year's gone by. There's four seasons in those years. There's 365 days consistently over a period of time that the earth has existed, that the earth is on an axis consistently spinning the same way over and over and over. Consistency. Consistency. When, it, when a builder is building a house, he consistently puts brick after brick after brick. If, if he started to be inconsistent, it could put a flaw in the foundations and it, it might make the house unusable because there wasn't consistency, especially if he's not being consistent to the plans in which the house has been designed. 
If people drive along the road and they don't drive consistently, it could end up causing a crash. It could end up causing chaos. And so God is a God of consistency. We look at Daniel. Daniel uh, was a man who, who was said to be set apart. He was a man who had an excellent spirit. He was a man that was chosen. Uh, when, when looking at everybody else, he was chosen above the rest uh, because he looked different. He looked healthier. He looked fitter. He had done a, a Daniel fast, and he was chosen. He was given favor. There was something in Daniel's life that, that allowed him to be a cut above the rest. But if we look at Daniel's life, he had predecided to pray in the morning, in the afternoon, and at night, consistently. It wasn't just a one-off. He didn't just go with his feelings. He pre-decided. What do you need to pre-decide? What do you need to pre-decide to do in your life? Maybe it might be to read your Bible every day. It might be to pray every day. And what would happen if you'd done that? What would happen? How would your life change if you got into that habit? Some of the reasons we don't uh, make it to our goals, or we, we don't succeed in life, or, or we focus too much on the goals. We focus too much on the results. We focus too much, uh, and not, not just focus too much on them, but, but we, we don't wait. We don't see the results quick enough. It's like you read your Bible three days, and, and you still don't feel very holy. <laughs> or, or maybe you stop drinking alcohol, or you stop drinking uh, fizzy drinks, and, and you still see the same body weight that you've seen a few days ago, so you give up and, and, and it's all over. The plan's failed. It didn't work. Or you start going to church for a few weeks and you still haven't made friends because no, there's been no deep conversations because pe people don't really know you yet, but you're not going to wait for that because you feel vulnerable and you don't want to go back because it didn't happen and God mustn't be in it. Or maybe you start being nice to your spouse or, or, or your partner or whatever that looks like for you and, 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 and you're trying to get the relationship back on track and after two or three days of cooking them some meals or two or three days of buying them flowers, all of a sudden they're still being mean. They're still being nasty. They're still being negative. They're still stuck in a rut. So you give up after three days. You give up after three days, or, or maybe it's you're trying to save financially, and you've cut a few corners during the week. You haven't uh, edited the canteen, or, or you've taken, taken sandwiches in, and then you count up how much you've saved, and you saved up three pounds. <laughs> and it, it, it's just not happening quick enough for you, so you give up. Let's just flip the coin, and let's look at the other side. Maybe you're, you're in a relationship, and, and you spend uh, a night... Um, on your phone all night and, and you, you show up the next day and you're both still in love and it's still okay and you're still getting kisses and cuddles and it's all good. <laughs> but what happens if, if one night becomes two nights? What happens if two nights becomes a week? What if a week becomes a month and what if a, a month becomes a year? And then all of a sudden, in a year's time, you're wondering why you're sitting there and, and someone wants to part ways with you or your relationship ends. And you're, you're wondering, how did this happen? Well, actually, it happened out of a thought which became an action and an action which became a habit and a habit became your character. And you're, you're now in a destination that you never wanted to be, but it all started with the small. So maybe God's way of habits 
was the way in which he had always designed us to be. But, but if you have bad habits, they'll be destructive. But you have godly habits, they'll build your life. Can I get an amen? Thank you. And so I love this statement. Our life is the sum total of all the decisions that we make. So, so what you receive from life is really all to do with every decision that you've made. Which is the good news about that is, is you, you have the ability to change your life. You have been given the free will to make decisions that will, you'll end up getting the sum total off. So if you make good decisions, you'll get good. You'll reap a harvest which is good. If you sow bad decisions and bad habits, you will reap a bad harvest and you'll be discouraged and, and you'll feel stuck and you'll wonder what's going on and what's wrong. And so, you know, the Bible says, let us not become weary in eating healthy. Let us not become weary in staying fit. Let us not become weary in getting a good night's sleep. Let us not become weary in being kind to our children and our friends. Let us not become weary in being full of the Spirit. Let us not not become weary in reading the Scriptures. Let us not become weary in spending time in the presence of God because at the right time, you will reap a harvest. The Bible says, let's not become weary in doing good. Because at the right time, you will reap a harvest. Our distorted identity distorts our success. You see, when you think you're a failure, you continue to fail. You know, I remember there was this referee, and he used to really annoy me because he was, he was running around uh, trying to be one of the players. He was running around um, just like nearly participating in the game and not really focusing 100% on, on his job. And so because of that, what happened was people began to argue and they lost respect for the referee and it actually caused chaos. It distorted, uh, his distorted vision of who he was distorted his success. He actually became a failure as a referee in that, in, in that circumstance because he forgot who he was. Whereas I, I looked to a good referee that I've had before and he was very structured, he was very fair, he, he made clear expectations. And, and when something went wrong on the pitch, he wasn't trying to encourage the players, he wasn't trying to uh, uh, decide with anyone, he was just going by what the rule book said, by what the system said. And, and so because of that, he ended up respected, he ended up uh, running a game which succeeded uh, in the eyes of the game, and actually people knew it was done fairly, and so there was enjoyment. Why? Because when, when he, the referee knew who he was, he knew what to do. When he, he remembered who he was, he knew what to do. That's why it's so important that we put on Jesus Christ. Because when you put on Jesus, when you clothe yourself with righteous, then all of a sudden you're no longer identifying as a sinner, you're identifying as a saint. You're not walking as someone who's downhearted and, and has no hope. You're walking as someone who's full of hope, full of life. These are maybe some of the bad statements that you might say to yourself. Well, this is, this is just the way I am. You know, I have addictive personality. It's just I can't concentrate to even read the Bible or show up consistently or, or, or do a job well because my head's all over the show. Uh, or you might say, I don't, I'm not good with money. That's why I'm in debt. Uh, and you can make all these excuses and identify with these excuses as being who you are. 
uh, or I've never been educated, or I've never been good at school, and, and so I can't get a good job. And so what, what, what you've done already is you've wrote yourself off. You've given yourself no chance when actually Jesus came to give you life. Jesus can do not just the possible, but the impossible. But it all starts with your identity, because your identity shapes your action. You're so, maybe someone here, and you're trying to get off cigarettes, and and somebody says to you, hey, do you want a cigarette? And you say, hey, I'm trying to get off. Well, actually, what you've just done there is you've just admitted that you're still identifying as a smoker. Whereas if you said, actually, no, no, I don't want a cigarette because I, don't, I do not smoke anymore. That's who I am. I, I'm not no longer a smoker. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer a sinner. I'm, I'm a righteous person because of what Jesus done. That's my new identity. I might, I, I, I'm not a, a sinner that sometimes does good. I'm a saint that sometimes sins. It's my identity. I, yes, we'll make mistakes, and yes, we're not perfect, but, but our identity determines our direction and where we're going. Can I get an amen? So, so I want to ask you, what is your identity? Who do you want people to say you are? When they're with you, who, what, what do you want people to experience? What kind of identity do you want people to experience off of you? Who will they say you think you are? See, what, what, what do we get from godly habits and godly identity is we get habits like prayer, we get habits like generosity, we get habits like responsibility, we get habits, habits like being gentle, we get habits like peace, we get habits like joy, we get into habits of experiencing um, sacrifice, we get into habits of listening to what the Holy Spirit has to say, we get into habits of going to church, we get into habits of going to group, and so all those habits will build your life. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at ariatchurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Ariat Church podcast.